You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Welcome, welcome. Andy, what did you uh, decide you're going to eat here? Breakfast food. A mustache. What orange the heck is- licorice is the key. I figured because it's orange, it must have the same nutrients as orange juice, and I'm in. What do you guys think about that? And a fresca to wash it down? <laughs> what? That don't look like licorice, though. It's orange? Yeah. What is- oh, my God. Yeah. Hey. As I'm, kind of, as I'm still scraping it, it taste like orange? Like the orange? It tastes like a dreamsicle. It's actually got a, it, it, it has like a creamy, like, like, a, I don't know, filling in the middle and it's orange on the outside. It, it's like really that. nice. Made oh. by Twizzlers. Um, I'm not supported or endorsed by them yet, but I'm waiting for my sponsorship. And is that a, I, is that a Remax Advantage Plus uh, licorice? Yes. Nice. Nice. You it guys like get everything. State Fair, State Fair food. That's coming up, right? This weekend? Yeah. It's tomorrow. It's your uh, sister's birthday tomorrow, Nick. And uh, your mother, who was, you left her, and now all of a sudden everything went to heck. She's going to miss her flight. She won't make it back for Morgan's birthday. And she's not going to be home till late Friday night. And so I, we we're all planning to go to the state fair. And now I have to drive all these kids down by myself. But Morgan said I could take a friend. So we'll see what happens. That'll be fun, though. Yeah, when did she head back to uh, to college? She's not going. She's not going back. Okay. Trying to listen to father. She's going to work the parade of homes with us. So that's oh. good in the winter. So we'll see what, yeah, we'll see what's going on. I'm going to try to get her Morgan's out. Morgan's one of my favorites. She's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to try to get, oh my gosh, I was with a show in the house. Um, <laughs> we, we're just kind of talking like we normally would. We're, we're on a show. But uh, Andy, I it was funny. I go, um, go show a house to a client, super, super good people. And they said, Hey, do you know Andy Prasky? I said, well, yeah, I kind of know him. Um, we fired lot. him. We, goes, yeah. Oh my God. I, I work with his brother, Tom. Now did Tom move right next door to you? Yeah. So he's in that house that was with the hot tub. Person? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I said that he yeah. goes, he, he goes, uh, he said something about Tom, how really nice he is. I said, have you ever met his brother? You know, I said, you, Tom is like the normalist, normal Prasky, isn't he? Pretty much, yeah. yeah He's the one yeah. that has a real job for sure. Yeah, exactly. The other yeah. two brothers are self-employed, so that what if that tells you anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, hey, should we talk about real estate, Nick? Yeah, hey, it's um in uh, the north. I'm in um, Norway, two hours. Uh, North of Oslo, it's a Lillehammer. They had the Olympics here before. Yeah. It's this quaint little village um, next to the biggest uh, lake in in Norway. Luckily, the the sun is still shining, so it's it's very nice out. But I went to the market, you know, a grocery store today, and uh, I think I got like two little salads, um, a small sandwich, and a couple waters, and it was like thirty dollars. And then I went to a cafe. I had a cafe sandwich, two cafe sandwiches with a friend an April spritz and water and it was 40 bucks. So this got me thinking like, it's a lot different than, you know, what I've been experiencing in, in Poland and uh, in Europe. And I saw this chart about us housing and affordability. 
And we've talked about it a lot, but I mean, this looks, you know, alarming. It looks almost like uh, what the, the prices I'm experiencing over here are. So hmm. let me pop this. Affordability index is the lowest since 1989. Back then, yeah, it was 10.3%. I remember I got into the business in 1990, and I remember 10.5% rates. Housing today is less affordable than at the housing bubble of 2006, which everything went crazy. So either uh, interest rates will have to come down a lot or real estate prices will have to come down substantially. Or incomes go up, cost of living goes down. Yeah. A lot of that's in that index, by the way. So it's, I think what's happening is it's getting a double whammy, you know, with interest rates jumping and then you have the uh, um, cost of just being human, right? I mean, it's expensive now. So um, I don't know. We're having, we're having, uh, I mean, it's been crazy. People coming out of the woodwork um, and coming back out of the woodwork after their little brief respite uh, to buy places. So I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not seeing, there are some listings. I mean, I have a, a listing in Apple Valley that I thought would have been sold day one. Um, day one. They did everything we told them to do and priced it everywhere we said it should be priced. And I'm just, I'm, I'm stunned. I'm stunned by it because I thought it would be, uh, would be gone by now. But You know what, though, Chris says? We normalize. I mean, I think the market's normalizing back to um, – a little bit more of a, hey, there's going to be some inventory available, guys. There's not going to be offers that are coming in with big legs on them, meaning way over for that that inflated hype market. That's gone. And that's okay. I mean, that market wasn't fun for anybody, guys. It wasn't fun for the sellers. It wasn't fun. For, I mean, it was when they cast a check. But then when they went out there to buy, they had to blow all that money again. So the money kept kind of getting kicked down the street, right, if you were reinvesting. If you were liquidating everything, it was great, but most people did. Most people had to reinvest. So in that you know, environment, it, it, the hyper markets aren't fun. Now, what I'm excited for, honestly, is the fact that rates still are very affordable as far as if you have to borrow money, right? And most people do. Um, you know, 75% of the buyers have to borrow money. I think 25% has been cash recently here in the cities, Twin Cities. Um, but, you know, you look at that and you start saying, hey, okay, so they're still at, five percent which historically is a low rate you still have a great job you're still working overtime you're still getting bonuses i mean i'm not hearing anybody yet other than the mortgage finance refinance industry cutting back i'm not hearing of anybody really having layoffs or anything yet so the the economy the companies are still you know chugging away so if you have a good job you can secure a good interest rate and you have to buy a house here's the thing chris and i'll say this again and again you know, when, when you buy a house, you're basically marrying the house. You're not marrying the rate. So the rate can be refinanced at any time. You're you're locking it in an inflation, which I think it will. will keep chugging along. Those houses are going to keep appreciating. And if they try to correct the market, let's say they cool it down too much, they try to heat it back up. A lot of times housing is the easiest way to get things moving again. So they'll lower rates on housing, get refi. And then, you know, the economy starts ticking back to, to a, a little. Um, but it's. Again, they're trying to slow it down still. It's not slowed down yet. So in theory, we're still having good times. It's just that they're they're projecting what's going to happen. So yeah. And you see a lot of the stats, and it's I mean, total number of sales is down. There's mm -hmm. no question about that. But I think that happens in these markets too. And then it starts getting to be like, hey, there's the certain realtors that are getting the sales, and then there's some people that are not doing too hot. And they're and they're hurting, but I think that's in every industry. It's just like the 
the mortgage industry as well. So, oh, hey, the 80 20 rule you and I have said this the last couple of years it used to be 80% of the, the business is being done by 20% of the real estate agents, right? Yeah, I think it's 95 5 right now. It seems like you're either cranking it right now or you're looking for another job in this business. And it's as it slows, which a lot of real estate agents will like because now you have value again. You're not seeing a house that sells in 30 seconds. You actually have to show you have marketing skills. You can actually reach markets that are not touched. You can flip those stones that are unflippable normally. And you now are going to start earning your commissions again. And I think that um, that's great because when people don't understand the value of an agent, they don't they don't want to pay it and and or, you know, a fair price or whatever. So now that I think the market is starting to normalize, I, I think that there's value for a good real estate agent that can show you how to approach the market. You know, what's the absorption rate? What's the, you know, for that price range, not just all the houses for sale. You need to get very specific, nail it down. You know, are you looking for just two stories in this zip code or this school district that have this many square feet or this kind of a sale price or higher? Those agents can drill down for you guys and tell you, yes, there's 3.2 months of inventory in that price range and that size in that area. Mm-hmm. Right. And then now, holy cow, they don't tell you that on all the other websites or all the other, you know, um, and, and that helps you plan and prepare as well. Truth. Hey, I found uh, a really funny uh, realtor that's doing content, but he keeps it real. And uh, I was going through all of his accounts. I think he's based in the Long Island area. So before we get into these uh, social media videos, it's going to be brought to you by Chris Rooney, Home Experts. I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. You have your master's degree in real estate, correct? Uh, Yes. What does real estate mean? I don't know. You have, you have your master's from NYU. You don't know what real estate means? Okay, okay. How many square feet are in an acre? Oh, we're back to this. I got it wrong last time. I'm going to get it wrong again. Uh-huh. 43,500. Okay. Uh, how many townships are on Long Island? I don't know. There are uh, 13. Yes, I do. There are 13 townships on Long Island, and there are 92 incorporated villages. And I didn't even graduate college. He has a master's degree from NYU, and he doesn't even know how many square feet are in an acre. I guess they just give out master's degree to everyone. Anyone and everyone, huh? Only if you pay 100 grand for it. Can you define the term absorption rate? Um, Forty-three thousand five sixty. by the way. That's the one thing I remembered from uh, real estate school, it redlining. I think redlining was the other thing. Eminent domain, adverse possession. Those are the things I remember. It's the only things I've really had to use. So, But anyways, uh, what do you think, Andy? I think that is, is it's kind of funny. Um, in one sense, it's like, do you really need to know that, those parts of it? Anyways, um, if you can sell and you know how to sell and you know how to market, you know, sometimes 
those things don't matter. I mean, I think different people have different things. Like Andy's Mr. Numbers. I mean, you can get numbers from him. That guy knows all these numbers. And, and I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm a numbers guy, but I'm not a like a stat guy. Or, you know, there's, hey, this is going to be 15.2% of the market is going to say, I love orange licorice. That's That's Andy. What's funny though is that when I, 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 if I look back at my customers over the years, I've probably attracted more of the the engineer-minded, you know, sellers and buyers over the years because they love that that I yeah. like numbers or whatever. And um, what's funny is that I'm the guy that wears flip flops and shorts to all my meetings, and it throws people off a little bit. But that was kind of you know, I've always been me. That's me. Hopefully you can see through that and you can uh, realize I love real estate and that's me. But I think there's something, there's something happening because I saw on Facebook that they were doing some video of you or something. And then there was a picture, you know, you all saw the top of them all of a sudden then there's shorts and his flip flops on, but it looked like you were doing some video. So are we going to get to see the flip flops? I'm not, I'm not kidding you, Chris. It's not once in a while. Every time I go to any high profile sales meeting, right. training, whatever, they always point me out. Yeah. They say, hey, at least you're not like Andy with his flip flops. <laughs> I know. Uh, what you know size what? are those hey. skis? What size are those skis, anyways? They're 14s. Yeah, 14s. Yeah. They're, they're I can basically climb trees without my hands. <laughs> I can I can I can water ski without the skis. I'm uh, totally. totally. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. That must have been one of Nick's friends, that agent. Those you see those short pants? That's kind of what you do yeah. now. I guess. They're a little he, the reason why he couldn't bend over is because they'd split. <laughs> totally. The short skinny pants. We were um, laughing about that funny. at that. We were at a wedding where these all these young guys like to wear all these tight pants. Mm -hmm. And they all when they'd sit down, they'd all have to go like this. <laughs> <laughs> their legs are straight out. Yeah. They couldn't bend their knees. <laughs> but they looked good. They yeah. they looked good. Anyways, with that one, it, yeah, it's, it's it's very true. I mean, there's sometimes you – maybe that's the best way to do it is to uh, start pounding on something with all those things. But it was funny, the Zillow estimates and yeah. um, the bad appraisals and parent inspectors, that's always a good one. I always say be fearful of the dads on the inspection. But you know what? A lot of times they're very consistent. They look at the big-ticket items, the roofs, the windows, the furnaces – yeah. And uh, it, it, as long as you've got those, um, at least, or, or put into your, your your listing value, and you say that, hey, we price the house five thousand under to, to accommodate the following. Um, but yeah. most people don't realize, Chris. I think this is what's interesting. Most people don't realize the five thousand dollars savings because they don't live in the house for the thirty years, or they never pay it off. So, like when somebody says we're going to discount a house, a lot of times you're better off raising the price of the house ten thousand. And putting the new furnace and AC unit and everything in there for them and letting them then experience it that way. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's like 
it seems to be backwards. The old days, people used to want to do everything themselves. Nowadays, people seem to want everything done for them. And, you know, they'd rather spend a little bit more and, and have it financed over 30 years because it because they don't have that extra five or 10 grand just sitting in the bank, you know, as, as younger yeah. first time buyers. Yeah, right. People have enough money for down payments, but they don't have enough money to fix. And the other big part is no one can envision. They just can't envision. And they always think everything else is a lot more expensive than it really is. Bam. Oh my God. That was uh, fantastic. Too bad for you people that just are listening. That was a good one. Oh, uh, was young Andy Prasky on his on his board. How about that, Andy? Paying paying for your credentials. That doesn't happen in real estate at all. It's kind of funny um, though, Chris. I, I I and I nope, not making fun of, but there's people that you know because you do have to push credentials to show that you're accomplished or whatever. You know that today you and I could make up some phony award. And we could call every real estate agent in the Twin Cities and say, hey, congratulations, you just won this top performer award. You just have to pay us $100 and you can have the logos. We'd probably sell quite a few. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure you would. Yeah, yeah you got to get some credibility. So yeah, kind of watch out or ask about those and see if they're accredited. Pull it up on the Internet and see what, they, what it means. I've done that a couple times. I'm just like, oh, God. that was a $39 class they went to. So, well, it, it's way crazier now. Um, there's a bunch of troll farms that you can pay to obviously boost all your social media, you know, with the views, the followers, the engagement. But also, there's people that will write a bunch of articles about you to spam your Google um, search, and it'll be like three, four pages of like Fox 29 or like uh, it'll say like CNN uh, in a weird city that they just yeah. bought that domain and then. The, art, the websites are flooded with um, fake articles written about all these different people like uh, in certain areas and fields. And so it's it's gotten extreme. I've seen a lot with uh, when my podcast, when I bet people to come on, people can just make up a whole persona online. And a lot of people buy it because they don't look past, you know, the the first, second page of Google. Right. We, we had that happen with one investor here. And I, I saw there was, um, oh, I know him from high school. And I said, okay. And then I started looking this investor up that we were waiting on his deposit. He was selling a company to transfer a hundred grand to do the, and all of a sudden you start looking up just like what Nick was saying. And the articles about this guy being a hundred million dollar producer, but I'm like, of what? And these articles were just fluff. And also you read at the bottom, it's like MHMSN, you know, and all these weird, like they weren't real. These articles were all fake. And I'm like, oh, this guy's a scammer. Well, they do that. They'll do that too and to hide the real articles about you. So it'll be the latest. And so you have to go three pages to find out that you're a criminal and you've been arrested. And all the articles before that are you the greatest guy in the world. So. Wow. We had someone on our radio. We got him off. Oops. Yeah. Oh, my God.
Why do I see Cody on there? Yeah, in my exactly. head. Totally. I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Do you see the one with that had the string and had the pen? The yeah. pen was the string. Oh, the oh. hug. And then he had the one the hand. Oh. Fake uh, it till you make it, as they yeah. say, right? Exactly. Fake it till you make God. it. That actually is kind of funny. I'm not you you kind of put your clients on social media. You I'm, little, I'm very limited on what I do. You do a hug a little time, don't you? It, you know, I do. I try. So people tell me that you can't be all business. You got to be some. I've been trying to post more like family pictures and dog pictures and stuff like that, just so that it shows you're a real person or, hey, you're fishing today or, hey, you're whatever. And I, I got to be honest with you. I, I still struggle a little bit with social media. Maybe it's my age. I enjoy it. Uh, I just, I, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of I work. I saw you're doing like um, awards and you're picking out stuff and giving, giving uh, some, whatever. I don't even know what you gave away, but you're like, I got to, I'm going to tell me when those contests are. I want to play them. We, uh, we did a state fair uh, oh, package giveaway with all of the, uh, the tickets and uh, I don't remember. It had like a, a discount book and something else for the fair because so many people want to talk about the state fair. And uh, so we, we did a little drawing and it was awesome. One of my, uh, my customers, it was, um, we sold his house and I want to say, I don't want to misquote. I don't think he's a hundred, but I think he turned 99 this year and him and his daughter won. And uh, yeah. And uh, I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Cause they want to go to the fair. So they signed up. So I'm like, let's do it. You didn't think I was going to let you get away with that. Right without saying something about it. Hey, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Hey, so some big news in the Minnesota luxury markets. Um, Andy, it's going to be brought to you by you. Should I play your clip or do you want to give me a... You want me to do my own commercial? Yes. <laughs> what is your home worth? What is your home worth? <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not my commercial. Just run the regular one. <laughs> Well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing, 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales. I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus. Thanks for listening to the show. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I have a feeling that there's going to be a little meme coming out here. <laughs> what is your homework? Oh, my God. Hey. One of a kind. That's a good thing, Andy. Oh, boy. All right, so the Real Estate Journal's Associated Bank provides $67 million in financing for construction of Minnesota luxury multifamily development. Hmm. Let's read about that. See a little more. So is it a, a luxury rental property, or what are we doing here? It's just, look at that. Rental, luxury rental. There you go. I was just talking to somebody about that. 
there's, I mean, these are getting three to 5,000 months of rent, a month of rent. Wow. These luxury. And they're before they're even um, sold out. I know a company that was doing it. And I think there was, I can't remember exact town, but 75% of them were leased out before they were built in that, in that price point. It's crazy. So they're building houses at new prices, current costs, and they're still renting them out, making money. And there's investors right now that are on pause waiting to buy more properties. It's, it, you know, there was a developer, I don't know if it's the same developer or not, but they did build, you, our, um, our our buddy, the Jeff Zwiefel has an uh, office building over and I call it the gravel pits, but now it's yeah. Maple Grove. And behind them, there was a bunch of executive level looking homes that were all built and they were all rentals and all rentals. they were renting those houses out as fast as they were building them. Yeah. Uh, people just looking for rentals. And it, they keep proving me wrong. I mean, apparently people are crazy enough to pay that much money for rent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I think it just, it's one of those things that you're, you know, it depends what your lifestyle is and, and maybe you're just on hold. And I think there's a lot of people that were saying, Hey, let's just get our house sold now because we're at the top of the market. And we'll just kind of wait it out. Yeah. And then not sure what you want to do. And you're, you're only stuck for a year. If you wanted to get out of something, I mean, I, it makes sense. And then a lot of people are selling their places and then just, you know, have it, having a rental instead. And, and they're nice, you know, and that, yeah. and there's usually typically a lot more amenities, trails, pickleballs, you know, things that you, you probably, you wouldn't get, you could get in a um, multifamily type uh, development, but I think it's more the, Hey, I'm in and I'm out. Kind of. Yeah. A thing. I agree. I think that there's also, um, it's more, you know, um, attractive to somebody that's, you know, taking a job in the Twin Cities and they don't necessarily know if they're going to be here forever and they only want to live here for a year or two and, you know, see if they even like it. That's probably a fair way to, to try it. You know what I mean? Instead of just jumping in and buying a piece of real estate, have the market change on you or have you lose 15000 trying to sell it. Um, you know, currently the, the corporate environment, though, a lot of times they're even helping you move and pay for some of the expenses. And so... Who knows? Maybe maybe that uh, there is more of a need than I realized, but um, I don't know. Yeah. Rents keep going up, though. That's the one thing that's scary a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they are. But I, I think for a, a developer too, Andy, um, that that is doing that, or someone that's going to own rentals. I mean, new construction. We've talked about this a lot. I mean, we're good on cost for the next 10, 15 years you know, where we don't have to kind of keep doing it. A lot of people are buying old apartment buildings and they're constantly having to renovate and, and mm -hmm. redo. Well, now they're putting products in these places that they don't have to, you know, so turnovers are less. Um, you know, they don't have to worry about, they're, they're doing more energy efficiencies and it just is going to make them last longer and in turn make more money. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to bring back uh, an old segment here. Um, I love that music. What do we say? If I had your Irish, I had 1.5 million to buy a house anywhere in Minnesota, where would I do it? Hmm. I think so. Do I have to? Do I have to keep working? Or am I done working? 
Makes a difference. Uh, you're not the lottery winner. Maybe I'll go with both. So if I had to buy a one and a half million dollar house anywhere in Minnesota, I'll tell you what, Andy, did you see that one that uh, Jay Hancock's got listed in uh, Waconia? It was oh. on like 40 acres and it was pretty oh. cool and it had outdoor buildings and stuff like that. It was like 1.4 something in Waconia. It was pretty. That'd be pretty nice pretty for 40 good. acres. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. I mean, the house wasn't huge, but I thought that was a kind of a, a good value and not too far out, but yet far enough out that you can't see it. Um, boy, how about how about this? I'm going to, just because of maybe a lifestyle, maybe the lifestyle that I want to have at some point, I'm going to buy a $1.5 million condo in downtown Wyzetta. It's going to give me about 2,000 square feet, but it's right in the middle of everything. They have everything down there, and you got the lake. I got to be able to see the water. So that's fine. How about you, Andrew? <laughs> that would not be what I would do. Um, <laughs> I know that. I, I had to do something I, different. I would rather go up north and buy a couple hundred acres and hide. Um, no, I, I think that what I would do, honestly, I think I honestly would buy – um, I'd, I'd find Lake Place, you know what I mean? If I had one and a half, um, if I didn't have a job that I had, like if I didn't have my business running here in the cities, I love the Alexandria area. I love the Brainerd Lakes area. Um, you know, I haven't really wandered into other lake areas beyond that, but those are my two current favorites. Um, if I was in the cities here, um, I'd probably buy some acreage a little farther north and have a little bit of a ranch environment. Like, uh, like you're talking about, like that property that the Hancocks have for sale. Um, something like that's more appealing to me in the city. Yeah. I like to run equipment. I, I jokingly said that the other day. They, they did five questions with Andy and they hammered me. Like I had to answer really quick. Like, you know, uh, and one of them was, what would you rather? And like, would you do this or this? And I, and I said, uh, how about uh, equipment? Running tractors and running whatever. I says, I enjoy that. So, Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it is. It, to me, it's kind of a, you know, there's there's different lifestyles. And I, I haven't experienced the lifestyle that I said I was going to buy because I've, I've been on the lake. I've been on acreage. I've been on a golf course. You know, I, I kind of want to do that uh, condo right in the middle of everything. It'd be different. I mean, if you had a boat slip, that'd be the perfect setup, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. You're, you're getting uh, Europeanized. Oh, Chris. boy. You well, you know, I am a, condo, I am a world, I'm a world, world traveler, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Hey, uh, I don't think the only, the only downside for you, Chris, is I don't think your bus would fit in the parking ramp. You know, it, it wouldn't. I didn't check that out. I'd have to get rid of that. That's, <laughs> that's an interim thing. Yeah. Okay, hey, let's go into our, our market this segment. I found this interesting home. It seems like a good value on the lake. I think Andy knows a lot more about this area. It's in Ham Lake. So let me share this. Andy knows everything. Okay. Oh, baby. So it's on an island? Do you know that one, Andy? I have not been on that island, no. A lot of the lakes up in that area are very shallow, so they're not really navigatable by boat um, or they're weedy, um, but they're still water. You know what I mean? It's still cool. Yeah. Um, well, it looks like that one's, I mean, it looks like an island, but you got 
you got land access to it. In Prior Lake, we have one of those. It's called Twin Island with a bunch of uh, um, stuff on it. And then Big Island in Minnetonka as well mm -hmm. that you have to take boats to. But um, okay, this is Let's see the pictures. If you don't mind, uh, Nick, why don't you run through some of the pictures? So virtually staged it. So it looks like it needs a new exterior. Yeah, gosh, I don't. That that picture is not exciting to me. That's a wood bridge. Yeah, I would have done. I would have done that photo not from the. I mean, look at all the the weeds and the. Ugh. I would have done it from the street, like going all the way down into that island, but taking yeah. a long view down the street instead. Well, I wonder to, if they parked their cars. That looks like a rickety old wood bridge if you zoom in on it. Yeah. Like the old school, like bop, 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 as you drive over, yeah, <laughs> on a on a gravel road, yep, yeah, what's that? park and walk. Yeah, you just park your camper out there, then get out and walk or something. I wonder Jeez. if there's, I wonder if there's something to that. I bet you might be right, Andy, that you park your cars there and walk. Is there, over. That that house, otherwise that house would be worth four fifty. There, there's got to be something weird about it. Yeah. Huh. Well, they, they, see, they're trying to they're trying to uh, show people what you can do. Um, that was for some virtual staging too. It looks kind of in rough shape. That's a good picture. I would I would rather have that picture than that other one on the street. I mean, yeah, if you're willing to drive a four-wheeler into your cabin, I think that'd be a nice one for you. Yeah. I'll tell you sometimes what you can do is, even by the way that you um, insert these photos, you can really confuse someone. And so now you, you took me outside, you kind of got me orientated, and then you got some inside, then you went back outside, now you shot back inside again. And I think what I found being the best is kind of get them good, couple, two, three from the outside walk them through the house pretty much foyer leads into different areas different levels so you stay consistent and then end with more outdoor stuff because i think sometimes you can just really confuse people and when they get confused you don't have much time and they switch over to another one yeah it uh yeah for sure i mean i think it the inside looks nice the outside looks like it's very exhausted and tired and i think the reason why it's so reasonable is the the driving conditions i know it has a garage on it but it it sure doesn't look like they uh they you know you yeah i don't know i guess yeah. i'd have to go see it yeah it's very confusing it looks very nice inside and it's gonna be the best cabin ever then you throw that last picture on it i had to be a little careful because i know the listing agent personally oh do you mm -hmm. who, who was it oh should i should we not say no it doesn't really matter, but it, it it's point is, I just we we cross paths quite a bit in our market. Um, I think that house has a really rough exterior. I think if they led with the rough exterior, they wouldn't get anybody even to show it. I think if you showed the fact that you have to take a golf cart out there or a four wheeler or whatever it is out there, you'll lose a lot of your audience as well because the exoticness of being on an island, I think, would be the reason why somebody lifestyle wise would want to live there. So you know what I mean. I think they'd be pushing more of the. Um, 
the lifestyle, the the lakeshore, the um, you know, but that every every property is different. I mean, that's priced really cheap. You can't even hardly get a townhouse for that anymore. So you know, it it it's appealing surely strictly on the 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 price, but I think you'd have to put another fifty into it or more. Nick, let's do this. Let's see what they wrote about it, because maybe they they prepared us with the writing rather than just the photos. Yes, look at that garage there. I mean, you got to be able to get something in that garage, huh? A car can well, get. No, look on the look on the gravel if you want to see the evidence of what I'm talking about. You look in the gravel and you don't see tire prints. You actually it looks like four wheeler prints. Oh, good eye. That's what kind of got me onto what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong, but I'm getting that was my guess. Andy works heavy, heavy machinery, so you know he knows this. Stuff. We look for tracks, Chris. We yeah, uh, he's a tracker. What's um, Nick? Try to go find the wording. Go up. Yeah, right there. Swim, fish, boat on this recreation. Rare opportunity to own a home on Temperance Island. Enjoy the spectacular island. With la, la, la. Stunning views. Every room. Enjoy the landscape. Option to build a detached garage. Quick possession. Okay, I don't mind that. And then he did it. This is another nice thing. He's got a plan over there to kind of orientate you as well. So, boy, what a wonderful agent, Andy, you work with up there. <laughs> We all go. I want to get you in trouble. Who is yeah. it? I gotta see who it is. See if I know him. Go down a little, Nick. Right there, Angela Carlson team, huh? Keller Williams. All right. Yeah, we. She and I have done quite a few deals together. That seems like a good value, doesn't it? For that much money. Yeah. Yeah. Angela works with a lot of investors in the past. She has, so um, I'm guessing someone had it as an investment or. The people you refuse to work with, right? You just had hand them off. No, no, no I'm not saying anything bad. I, I'm not I saying anything bad. I'm joking. I'm saying you get all the clients up there, and if, if you if you choose to let them go to someone else, then they will. Yeah, that's what I, I don't get all the clients. I wish everyone tells me about Andy Prescott by the northern suburbs. They, they they're worried about us. He's the man. It, what's her final thoughts on that? What do we do to get that thing sold and? Like, just give me the, the the breakdown. I'm not I'm not so sure. There's something you know. Maybe she maybe leave out the actual those out exterior photos and and lead with your um or maybe a different angle. At least some they get a feel for it. And then she had that one um, virtual looking one to be able to kind of make it look a little better, and, and then leave that. I don't know. I, mean, I was kind of curious. I saw that was, yeah, you know, the exterior was gross, but you got to be realistic with people. They, when they get there, they're going to kill you. And the other thing was, is it well and septic? Is it, you know, sewer and uh, yeah. water? Those are big deals up there. There's and, an association fee there too. Yeah, for 350 because I think it, it must be like kind of like a townhouse style lot where here's your designated area, but maybe everybody owns a thing together or something. Yeah. And it, it sure seems to be priced right, though, even though it's screwed up siding. But yeah, I think, uh, I don't think that one was, I think it's just a, a matter of, you know, that's discretionary um, extra money that you're throwing on cabins like that. And it's kind of like cool to have, probably not living there year round. And so it's kind of one of those things that that's going to start hurting in this market. You know, people, that's one thing they're not going to do. Hey, we don't need a cabin because I got to pay 500 more because of interest rates went up so i don't think it was bad 
There you go. I agree. Oh, boy. Purchased a home, then found out the state is tearing down the neighbor's home to build commercial buildings. Where we cheated. Well, you should have checked into that. But if the seller did know that, uh, they should have disclosed something to that effect. I'd have a hard time believing that the state of Minnesota, if they truly are doing something like that, didn't completely ridiculously over-disclose and make them sign waivers. Big signs. Um, Big signs oh, out for sure. Redeveloped sure. area years ahead of time, or a year ahead of time, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I so I would say cheated. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, misled for sure. And because typically, I mean, we've all seen it where it says, "Hey, this project is is in the process of being rezoned," and they have a sign up for a long time. They can't just tear down a building and start building another commercial building without it going through a lot of things. And the, the quick way of doing it is Google. Google your address, you know, and, and just see what kind of pops up. If it was in Minneapolis, you might be able to get away with it. They kind of have zoning, loose, loose zoning rules over there. No comment. <laughs> you sold every property in Minneapolis because of that, didn't you? Done. Zero. Done. Speaking of zoning, can we go over some tips um, about zoning when buying? Because I've been seeing a lot of uh, threads on Reddit talking about how, you know, they don't want to buy a home and then five years there's a, you know, a strip club next door. So tell us how to like best prepare for the zoning. Speak most, for yourself. <laughs> yeah, most, most places have a comprehensive plan and they, and they build it out quite a ways. So like Scott County is, is they have a 2040 plan. And I know they're working on the 2050. So they're, they're years and years ahead of time. Um, you know, if you're, if you're worried about that, uh, you know, go to a place that's already zoned what you want it to be. The likelihood of, you know, if you're in a big neighborhood, the likelihood of uh, it getting all tore down and there's a strip club or a, a volleyball complex coming in is very rare. It's be too much money in which to be able to do that. If you're in an area of dilapidated homes in a, in a bad area, well, then there might be a better better chance of that happening because someone might come in and just, we're going to rejuvenate this whole area. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I think that the easiest thing to do is go to the city where you're looking. You go to the planning, um, you know, department, and then you'll get the, like you said, the composition plan, the comp plan, as they call it. Um, you also have all the current zoning. Um, and then the other thing you can always do is, is talk to the city planner and say, hey, what are you planning to do around me before I make this non-refundable purchase? Yeah. You know, and and I'm, that's that's doing your own homework. That's like if you're buying as is. If you're buying in a neighborhood where you're buying from a consumer, uh, meaning another homeowner, and it's buying a home, laws, disclosure laws cover you. That should all be disclosed completely. Um, are there any material facts that would adversely or whatever change the regular use of this property? Um, and all of a sudden that having a commercial property next door would probably devalue your property on uh, number one, but number two would probably also change how you use it because now the streets are busy. The parking lots are busy. There's ruckus, there's racket, there's noise. Um, you know, now all of a sudden your house gets zoned to be ripped down and torn and may maybe you make money on it. But in the meantime, the 10 years you still live there until somebody wants to buy it and repurpose it. Um, you might be paying crazy taxes too. Yeah. You I mean, if, you're, if your home gets um, an eminent domain, which means, say, it's for the better good, 
you typically get paid pretty good for that. And there's no real expenses on that. And they usually will work with you, pay you off and let you stay there for six, seven months or something. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of, there's advantages to it too, except if, if, unless you don't want to leave, you know, so but you usually get more money than what it's worth. Be like, be like the guy on up, right. Where he's sitting there and all the big buildings are around him. He's got the little house. Yeah. And he hooks all the balloons on it and floats away. <laughs> there you go. Going up, up, up. Uh-oh. Ex-wife won't sign quick claim, which she agreed to in the divorce decree. What's the best course of action? You only got one. You got to legally go after that ex-wife because, I mean, I, I think that's, it's interesting because I get questions, well, you know, they can't do that. And I always say they can do anything they want. They can do anything they want. Is it right? No, it's not right. But you got to, if they're going to do it, you got to be able to have an attorney go after them. Well, they shouldn't be able to do that. Well, no, they're not, but, but they did. So you obviously have to go to court or, you know, probably can't force people to do anything. That's just like a contract. I mean, we talk about contracts all the time and they say, well, you signed a contract. It's, it's enforceable. Yeah, it is, but you got to go enforce it then. And you usually, though, it's kind of a horse trade though, right? Where usually attorneys are like, all right, I'll slide this across the table as you're sliding that. So I'll give you my retirement account if you sign off on the house. Yeah. They don't just like, you know, give everything. At one. Here's everything that we owe you and then get nothing back because that would be catastrophic. Yeah. I mean, well, what know. typically happens, what happens in a divorce a lot of times is maybe someone's going to stay in the house. Well, they were both on the mortgage. And so the person that's on the mortgage that's not living there is like, well, I'm going to stay on the deed too. I'll sign off when you do it, but I want to get my mortgage paid off because I can't tell you how many times I've had buyers that have stayed on there with, with an ex, the ex, the whoever stayed in the house, not paying the mortgage and the person outside of it is, is screwed. And we ran into that. This guy's great credit, remarried, great credit. We go find out, Oh, no, nope, your credit shot because they never paid their, they weren't paying their bills. <laughs> so and all the pay or all the letters went to the old address. So the person well, I can't believe how many of these people that quote pay for representation and all of a sudden the decree says that you know the house is this spouse and and the other one says, Yep, well it's yours, but you're still on the mortgage. You know, they're not forcing them, there's not details like you need to refinance, you need to cash yeah. out, you need to, well, I can't afford to right now. Well, then, then don't sign it because why would you agree to let someone have the asset in their name, but you're still on the mortgage? That's what Chris is talking about. And I see it all the time with these, you know, 10 cent law firms that do them for a deal and, or it's, it's self-arranged mortgage, you know, consultations and they agree to agree on something, but they don't understand the consequences of their actions until it's too late. And now you gave them your inheritance from your uncle and you were supposed to get the deed off of the property and they don't do it. It's a, uh, it's kind of a, a sad, but ugly deal too, you know? Yeah, it does. It does. It could get really creepy. It's a sad thing, but it's, a lot of people are, aren't in a position to refinance out of it. And they, they come to a point to say, you know what? Forget it. I, I want out anyways. I'll sign it or I'll agree to this. And, and then, and then all of a sudden, like in this case, I bet you any money would happen was that maybe this person didn't quite keep up to their end of the bargain either. So the ex-husband didn't do it. Now all of a sudden he wants the ex-wife to sign a quick claim. And she's like, well, what about that? The other, um, 
child support that you have to pay, or you never cleared out the garage when you were supposed to clear out the garage and I was supposed to get half of that furniture. Now you destroyed it in a party. And then you have a girlfriend and you had two girlfriends. And then, oh, geez. I mean, it, it could get really ugly. Two. Two. boy. Yep. Or girl. I guess it doesn't matter. No, um, no, anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of all fun. Um, he, her, something. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> no, so, you know, I agree with you, Chris. And I think that there's a lot of times when you're, when you're dividing assets, you have to make sure those assets are truly divided and that it's equitable for all and that there's no strings still attached because that is, like you said, it can come back to haunt you and you can't say, well, I'm not going to pay the child support because they'll garnish your wages or they'll put you in jail. I mean, so they don't do that when they don't pay the mortgage payment. They just say, oh, well, right. So it's, it's, you got to make, I'm, I'm telling you, sometimes those legal fees are worth paying to make right. sure that somebody's representing you and getting your best interest protected because it may not be right this second, but it might be three years down the road. Something snaps you right back in the old, you know what? And you're like, darn it. It's not over. I thought it was you over. Know, it's not over. I'm just finding out. I'm, I'm thinking about like our old, our old radio show, Andy. Reminiscing back. And you know how many times yeah, back when, I, we were cool. when you're talking and I could go do my work and I could do my, and Nick is down. Nick, it takes me off screen. You can see when I'm going down to my, uh, text thing but it's kind of like remember we used to get away with that it's just like then at the end oh yeah right andy that's a great thing and now i get caught doing this nobody caught you until you caught yourself buddy it's not but it was we i mean remember we'd be working during the radio show the whole time and then it was kind of like you were you were doing something so i would just talk a little longer and then you knew what you had to keep talking or, or we you know sometimes there were questions that the big thing is when you're live on, on air like that and you have questions that come in that are, I mean, you can't make these questions up. I mean, some of the questions we used to get were unreal. And and I'd sit there for a second before I'd answer because you're on, you know, and there's a lot of people listening. I'd say, all right, we'll go to break. And I would sit there and I'd have to Google just to reaffirm what we were going to say. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, what your gut instinct is, we were usually pretty close, but some things like legal and tax advice we couldn't give. No. And co-ops. Remember co-ops? Everyone wanted to know about co-ops. Well, but, there's a hot thing right now. I mean, a lot of people that want to retire, they don't have the money to like buy a retirement house. And you can go to a co-op and put a hundred grand down and just pay a higher monthly fee. And they didn't understand what they were. Or the other one that I think we got probably asked the most was basically, how do I give my cabin or my house to my kids and not have them pay any taxes or inheritance or whatever? And I'm like, man, that is Pandora's box. I, I, I'm not opening that. You know, I mean, it's like you you have to seek legal counsel when you're when you're trying to hide assets because that's tax evasion. That's a lot of things you're not supposed to do. Now, can you do it legally? Probably. You know, can you? I mean, have I seen other people do it and not get in trouble and do it very successfully? Yes. I just can't talk about it. You know. Right. Exactly. I uh, I remember my first radio show and I was going on there. Ryan Yardley had it at the time before yeah. you were involved. And yep. uh, he brought me on there and we were going to talk about foreclosures because foreclosures were happening all over the place. And so I wrote up this whole thing on foreclosures and I mean, everything basically scripted the whole thing that I was going to talk about. And uh, so it's like, Hey, Chris, what do you think about foreclosures? And I rattled it off. It sounded pretty good because I, you know, I, I, I totally did it and I read it word for word. And then all of a sudden, like in the next segment, someone had a phone call. And the phone call was basically, hey, 
I want to list my house. There's three other foreclosures next to me. What is it should I do when I list my house? And I'm like, I mean, I totally like froze because it wasn't on any paper. And I'm like, um, um, and then they went to a break. I mean, I was literally like hyperventilating because, you know, I mean, people listen to it and it was so weird. But what it was is that it wasn't on my sheet of paper. We didn't think from that day on, scrap the piece of paper. Remember when I had got you on for the first time too. And it was really, it's hard to learn that, but it's just like, hey, we just got to go like we're talking to each other. Otherwise you start thinking about it because it's crazy. Well, you're right. I think that the, you, even if you've done it, I mean, God, we did it for 11 plus years or whatever it was. It, you do become comfortable, but the, the when you do really think about what you're doing, it does, you're a human. You go, oh my God, there's a lot of people listening. I better better not say the wrong thing. Yeah. That was probably the number one thing I'd have people say to me is like, how do you know what to say so you don't get into trouble? And I go, well, if you don't get into trouble frequently, it's kind of easy not to get into trouble. Yeah. You know, you just talk about the business you're doing. But that was a, that was a definitely a fun uh, I can't believe box. It. You were able to clean up your mouth while you're on the radio. I mean, what it normally is, then you get on the radio and you're like a little choir boy. <laughs> Sorry. Bleep, bleep. <laughs> what was like $10,000? Right. Right here? Are we done? <laughs> oh, you're, you're mute. One more thing I forgot to bring up in what's happening in the market. So this is from a Wall Street Bets. It's super popular with millennials and people my age. We always talk about consumer confidence. And this got a lot of retweets. And this is a big, big platform that talks about uh, markets and, and uh, you know, investing and whatnot. So here's what it is. Total mortgage demand hits 22-year low, lower than the real estate crash. But don't worry. We're not in a recession. The real estate market can only go up is what they're saying. Um, yeah. I mean, cons- I would say to me, consumer confidence is everything. I mean, in a market. And if people are um, out looking and – uh, doing things and, and excited about it and feel good about it. I mean, that can transcend any other thing that's happening. But um, I'll tell you, I don't know. I've just been, it's been really like kind of crazy. I mean, it really has been. And, it, and it's been over all of the the price points and, and people are looking, but there is, there is stuff that, you know, might've, I think what's happened because we're seeing a lot of reductions happening. That's people that number one, overpriced it, and number two, didn't have their house ready. And those two combined don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. So you have to price it right, and you have to have your house ready, and then it sells. Um, and then there's some cases that, hey, there's just more inventory coming up in those areas, and you have to deal with it, you know? So it's just stayed on a little longer. But I don't know. We've It's been I, been good, but I've talked to a lot of people, and a lot of people say it's really slow. So. Well, I don't, I guess slow in, in the sense that slow compared to what? Like, you know, I'm, I'm still chugging along doing as well as I did the year before and the year before that. Yeah. Um, but it, I have a lot more conversations now than we did six months ago about pricing and getting the house ready to sell and having all those conditional things that normally in a crazy market you didn't have to worry about. We're, we're paying attention to again, you know, I mean, avoiding the objections, um, trying to get the most exposure we possibly can. And, and it's it's normalizing. The market's normalizing. The reason why the mortgage industry is, you saw those numbers that they were showing, was there were people that weren't even in the real estate market that were just refinancing because money was so cheap. Yeah. It was so foolishly cheap 
that people were just refinancing to get money because then they could go do other things with it or whatever. And housing, uh, with the amount of demand that we have in housing, that the houses of prices have stabilized. The problem we had before in the early 2000s, a lot of people, you know, were using, you know, 40 to 45% of their debt to income. Um, you know, their, their income ratios to go to their payments and they were cashing out and buying speedboats and they were just expecting houses to keep going up in value. And, and I think that they just, they didn't have the sustainability to keep paying the payments. Right now, the payments are so rock bottom low. Huge difference, guys. You know, some of these people are like buying these monster houses and they've got $1,500 or $2,000 a month house payments. They don't have $12,000 a month house payments like some of these people did in the, in the you know, early 2000s. So it's like, you just got to put it all into relative perspective. And, and, you know, equity is security. Equity is options. People have lots of options. They have lots of security right now. And with the amount of houses that are not coming up for sale, the people that are buying, it's still a seller's market. Actually, we I just did a report today um, earlier before the show, and I'm still showing that some of these markets I'm in, it's under one month supply. Well, it takes you got to get to six months supply before it becomes a buyer's market. But because we're shifting in the opposite way of going up, we're not necessarily going backwards, but we're not going down either. And that that's what people are feeling. And then people are panicking. I, I think some of these houses that are getting listed and they're doing mega price traps, Chris, like within five days or 10 days of them listing is so foolish. Be patient. Be diligent on watching your competition. Don't worry about, um, don't worry about, you know, the, um, what is sold in the last six months, more or less look at your competition of where you should be and wh who you're competing against. Cause that's where the sales at sales, not in your past the sale helps you justify the value, but you want to look at how do you position against your current competition? And remember, if you want to know what your house is worth, okay. Is this oh, what you wanted me to do, Chris? Oh, no, I I want uh, Nick to put that up there, but I think I think Andy, you hit on something that I didn't even think of, and uh, that to total mortgage demand hits twenty two year low. It's because the people aren't refinancing. I mean, they were refinancing and buy it at the same time. So I I think you're you're right on with that. Well, I mean, it's Wells Fargo year low, but it's Wells Fargo, Loan Depot, they, all these people have laid off hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that were in processing and. The refis, the oh, refis kind of gone, guys. You know, if you wanted to refi, oh, you missed yeah. that boat. That ship sailed. So at least for now, maybe it'll come back someday. Hopefully it doesn't because that means our economy's in the toilet. But um, yeah. Hey, so I, I am curious. So that your little sign there, what did what did you use that for? Like a video or something? No, this. So funny enough, this actually is on my. I have a trailer. Um, yeah. Here. I have, I have a, a um, you know, an enclosed trailer that people use. Right. And they, just because they didn't know where I wanted these, they have a few of these. So this is on like the side of the trailer. And then also there's a couple other of these little um, things I have on the trailer. And they gave me some extra ones. And I turned them into signs I thought were kind of funny. So I could put them in yards or whatever. How can you, uh, how, how quick is it to give someone, from your standpoint, up in that, in that Champlain area, uh, quick, a market analysis. Tell them how much their house is worth. How long does it take me? Yeah, I mean, all day. Yeah, so I mean, they can get it pretty quick, and it's not. Uh, I mean, you're not going to force it down their throat and make them list with you right away. You give them. Oh, a couple I don't weeks, know. I'm pretty hungry. I, uh, I... I mean... <laughs> <laughs> no, we. You know what I do? Is it like I said? I love my job. Once I took the sales cap off and become an information provider, and what you do is you got to get your facts in front of you. Yeah. 
what is the absorption rate? What is the market conditions? What are other houses selling for? I said, actually listing your house, we, a lot of times I'll even go out and look at some of the actives with you. If, you. if we're really confused on the price, I go, let's go look at a couple of the actives real quick before we put yours on the market because positioning is everything right now. Do you look the best? Are you priced the fairest? And then people will fight over you. They still are, they're still on a national level. We're still dealing with multiple offers across the country. Instead of six or seven, they're getting two, but they're still getting multiple offers. Most of our list prices in the last 30 days have still been at list price or more when they're priced right. right? So anyway, supply and demand, we got, uh, we need more supply um, and there's still good demand, but the people that are in demand are being more cautious for sure. Fantastic. Hey, another great episode. Make sure to give us a thumbs up. Uh, give us a like uh, the Facebook page, Rise Review on Facebook, uh, iTunes, Spotify, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Send us in any questions you have, and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.